Welcome to the Level Up with KDB podcast. If you've ever wished you could get a glimpse inside the minds and lives of women who are masters at creating abundant and fulfilling lives, and you're ready to learn the secrets behind unlocking that in your own life, you're in the right place. Each episode, I and a series of guests uncover the secrets behind creating the life you can't stop fantasizing about. I'm Katie B, human design coach, airline pilot, CEO, and crazy cat lady, and I am so happy to have you here. Welcome, welcome to episode 15 of the Level Up with Katie B podcast. Today's episode is Soul Nourishingly Good. I am chatting with Tracy Woods, who is a vet nurse and also the owner of Pet Eden, which is a pet loss grief counseling service in Perth, Western Australia. Today, Tracy and I launched straight in to discussions around grief and loss and what to say, what not to say to someone who has lost their beloved fur baby. We discuss ways in which you can support yourself through grief and Tracy shares some super interesting insights into the growth and success of her business, which she has been operating for eight years now. She also shares one of her biggest challenges and how she overcame it. And I know this will be extremely relevant to anyone who is listening that runs a service-based business in particular. Settle in for this incredible interview, this open and honest chat with Tracy. Welcome, Tracy, to the Level Up with KDB podcast. I'm so grateful to have you here and to hear about your journey as a business owner, as a vet nurse, and as a pet loss and grief counselor for pet owners. Thank you, KDB. I'm very excited to be here. Um, I wasn't sure how this podcast would go, being such a heavy topic, but hopefully I can bring some light and some awareness to the conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's a good point. I didn't even think about that, to be honest, because, well, one of my clients, one of my coaching clients, she, uh, when she started working with me, she was, had an idea to launch a funeral home that was completely different to anything else. And our conversations about death and dying have always been really deep and rich. And I, I don't know. I mean, my, my dad passed away when I was four. And I think mm. because of that, I've always had a really, I don't know, maybe a weird relationship with death. And maybe I don't understand fully how tricky it can be for, for people who are not used to being around death and dying and all that comes with it. But mm, yeah. 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 Well, that's the thing. It is a part of our lives. Um, it's a big part of veterinary technicians and nurses and vets' lives. At the clinic that I work at, we see a lot, unfortunately, of, of death and dying, whether it's an illness or an accident or a planned euthanasia. And it's something, it's a topic that nobody wants to talk about because they don't want to manifest it, but we need to talk about it so that we can plan better and know what we want and not know what we don't want in that process of, yeah, it's our little animals' lives and um, and with people as well. Like the, there's death doulas out there that um, can help assist people dying when they're in palliative care. 
in their terminal and, you know, give them the beautiful goodbye that they deserve. So, yeah, I think it's a nice thing to be a part of that and, yeah, and, and more discussion needs to be done about it. Yes, I totally agree with that. I mean, really at the end of the day when we don't talk about it, what we're doing is just avoiding it and mm. in that avoidance we are missing a beautiful opportunity to celebrate life and yeah. not only celebrate life but actually create a really beautiful space to be able to move through the grief and the loss and the actual death in full awareness right like we yeah. were just talking before we push record it can be yes. so easy to want to fast forward and rush and move into the planning phases of mm. a funeral yeah but you only get that moment once right that's right yeah yeah and it's like I said what I was we were talking before my um, my uncle passed away last night and the whole family was there and um, it was beautiful because um, my mum was looking after him and she got to be with him in those final moments and we just sat in peacefulness with him, talking about him and it was lovely and I don't think I would have been set up to do that when my own dad died, which was like 18 years ago. I couldn't be in the same room. It was freaking me out and I was scared. I was so scared of death and dying and what it meant and, you know, the, all the emotions that come with it. And I, I wanted to mention that I was listening to your podcast with Lynn the other day and what she said about parents um, teaching their children or showing, I'm not sure how she worded it, but parents um, being open and honest about their emotions and letting the kids mirror that and, and see them in their full um, vulnerability really sets us kids up to be adults to deal with this kind of death and loss yeah and being seeing my dad cry when the dog died being vulnerable and not trying to you know big boys don't cry and all those cliches that come along with it he was actually very very stoic very hard exterior kind of man but deep down he was a softy and yeah he was devastated when the our, our family dog got hit by a car and yeah, it was nice to see him express those emotions and I just thought it was, yeah, good that we shouldn't have to shelter that away from kids that, you know, we can be real with our emotions and um, and explain what's going on and I loved him so much and, you know, this accident's happened and that's why I'm so upset because I'm going to miss him and, and loss is so complicated but, yeah, on a bit of a tangent. <laughs> no, not at all. No, I think you're exactly right because the reality is the reason that death is so hard to for humans to navigate is because it's a natural byproduct of love. And yes, love is the most powerful fucking <laughs> like <laughs> there is nothing else like it, right? Like it yeah. drives everything we do, really. Mm. The quest for it and then being in it and I mean, when it comes to our pets, I don't know, like this might be controversial, but is there a more pure form of love? Maybe with your own children, but because I don't have children, I haven't experienced that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm the same. I'm, I'm childless by choice um, mm. and my animals have just been the closest thing to uh, a child for me. Yeah, and uh, that's the thing. Again, some some of my previous losses with my cats 
were as, as sad as they were. They were very different to when I lost my heart dog, my little boy Opie, who, you know, I've got tattoos of all over me. Um, I've got a big shrine behind my computer desk. There's pictures all around of him. And um, one of the reasons for that is I didn't have, you know, the technology that we have now with mobile phones and all that stuff. We had the old camera when my previous cats were around. So I don't have good quality photos of them, but I still hold a special place for them in my heart. Yeah, when when I lost them and I lost them very differently as well. So I'm very appreciative with with OP that I was able to plan his um, goodbye and yeah it, it was it was just beautiful the way that we did it and with the cats one of them had a tumor on his spine so that was a bit of a shock mm-hmm. and so we had to make a decision rather quickly yeah so it's there's my my biggest thing if anyone can take anything away from this podcast is they're not just an animal they're not just a dog or a cat or a horse or a bird they are somebody's absolute joy and life and what pisses me off the most is the I'm sorry for your loss which is genuine followed up by are you getting another one Mm. it just shits me no end like if if you can take anything away from this please get that out of your vocabulary like just don't ask it like yeah your your dad died when you were four did your mum get asked oh are you getting a new husband so disrespectful right (laughs) it's funny that you bring this up actually because I remember a little bit unrelated but one of my best friends the most beautiful humans in the whole wide world she was with her partner for like 10 years and her aunties every time they saw her kept on asking so when are you gonna get married when are you Mm. gonna get married yeah and and after a while that wore thin and I think she might have had a few drinks at a family gathering one night and uh she turned her response to one of those questions was oh you're getting pretty old when are you gonna fucking die I love it (laughs) (laughs) and you look it's on the same vein though right like I think Mm. probably where it comes from is people just are lost for words yes yeah but I think a lot of us need to understand that being lost for words is totally fine you That's, know. <laughs> yes yeah it's to, it's it is fine yeah yeah it's best to say nothing and just be in that moment with that person like this is really hard I don't know what to say yeah. I haven't been through it myself so I don't know what you're feeling but I'm here for you and let's you know tell me about your your kid your baby your you know your everything let's mm-hmm. talk about them yeah I- having having those ears to to listen and an open heart to to hear what they've got to say about their their special ones Yeah, absolutely. And so was it the loss of your dog that inspired you to start Pet Eden and start counselling for pet owners who'd lost their little buddies? Um, It was actually, it was, well, I think I'd started just before I got him into my life. I saw, because I've been vet nursing for the best of 30 years, I think, long time, there was a real lack of support and I've been lucky enough that I've been in the same clinic for 23 years. So even in the same clinic that I've been in, we've had vets come and go and and staff come and go. But there's the usual sympathy card that gets sent out. Only recently there's a lot of, it's quite common now that people will do a paw print or a nose print. Some clinics will send flowers out to their value clients um, because they've known their dog for like 16 years. and that's lovely that they're able to do that and 
but I have heard it and in um, in other clinics like we'll, we'll send the sympathy card and we'll see you when you get your next pet. They're still saying that stuff. Like it's still like, what are you doing? So, yeah, I, I found, I don't know, I was... I was looking around, a friend of mine was going through a really hard time and so I was looking into mental health and then I thought, well, there's nobody out there really offering this service of, you know, I, I realise how devastating this is as a loss um, because, you know, your dog had cancer or um, your cat was going through all this treatment and vet staff are so busy now that, you know, we're in a crisis of not getting enough staff and being a lot busier because of COVID, getting puppies and kittens and all that kind of thing. So it's the busiest it's ever been for our industry. And the vet staff don't have, they not that they don't want to, but they don't have the time to follow up on every phone call and every patient that has passed away. In my clinic, we have a euthanasia list and there can be like 20 names on there a week. Mm. It's, yeah, it's it's devastating. So I I was kind of looking at my own clinic and. I was making phone calls, you know, a week or two later and and just talking to people about, I know this is really tough and how are you going? And just checking in with them like like you would after a funeral or at a wake of a person. But that's the thing with people's lives continue on and our grieving people get forgotten about. And that's just, unfortunately, that's, that's life. That's what happens. Everybody's going through their own lives and even checking in with somebody two months later and just going, hey, you've been in my thoughts, just wanted to come and, you know, call in and have a chat. Did you get your pet's ashes back? Can I have a look at them? You know, where, where have you got them? Have you got? Are you able to have a look at photos now? Because that can be really hard to, it can bring up a lot of stuff when you're looking at beautiful photos that you've had in the past or, or videos. I found that particularly hard myself. The photos were okay, but the videos were too real to watch because I could see him, I could see Opie's deterioration with um, when he was getting, you know, to the end of his life. But it's just that acknowledgement and um, validation, really, of your pet was everything to you. And I just want you to know that grieving a pet's not silly, it's not stupid, you're not weird. And yeah, I'm here to listen. Yeah, I mean, our cat passed away probably three years ago now. She was only four years old. And Clay and I still, you know, like when it happened, we were like, this is legit the hardest thing we've ever been through together as a couple. Like it was mm. just, I know you know. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. But I remember like months after Clay, something happened. We saw something, uh, a photo or something, and Clay mm. just started crying. And he was like, I feel like I should be over it by now. And I'm like, fuck yeah. that. You never yeah. get over it. You yeah. never get over it. And yeah. yes, the pain becomes less intense because mm. eventually for me, what I believe to be true for my grieving process is that eventually I come into a state of acceptance. And mm -hmm. it's it's not that I don't care anymore. It's that I've accepted that it has yeah. happened and it's a mm -hmm. natural part of life and the pain doesn't reverberate through my body in the same way that it does when it's fresh right yeah but that whole expectation of of putting sort of a time limit on grief I mm. think is is yeah. a really good one for for people to understand that it takes as long as it takes and absolutely let yeah. yourself have it but what yeah. I was going to say is that I feel like Clay and I were really lucky because we had each other we were both incredibly affected by the death of our cat 
and mm-hmm. we had each other to to look after and we're both pretty emotionally intelligent and mm-hmm. so we had support but I know that that's not the case for a lot of people whether it's the fact that the other people in your family don't necessarily care as much mm-hmm. as you do or whether it's that you don't have any family to support you yeah. so I can see how your business must be just honestly one of the most valuable and probably like for some people life-saving you know because that grief is intense yeah totally intense yeah yeah and I I feel like I do have a lot of responsibility when I'm talking to somebody through their grief especially if they're well it doesn't matter if they're older or younger I feel with my senior clients with my mum for instance she's a widow when she lost Jake it was like losing my dad all over again because they had him as a couple and ironically he had the same bloody pancreatic cancer that my dad died of it's just like are you freaking kidding me that's insane Um, and actually I've heard a really similar story recently how bizarre yeah it's it's nuts and yeah so you've got I mean mum's lucky she's got us three kids um she's got a lovely family network beautiful friends as well that that understand the loss but a lot of my um, senior clients, yeah, they're, they're widowed, they don't have any kids or they don't, they've lost their, because they used to take the dog-to-dog training, they've lost that community and networking because they don't go to the dog park anymore or they, you know, used to go to cafes and they can't do that anymore or they get asked, where's your dog? And, yeah, so it can be very isolating so it's so important to have that support around and um, I've come across a lot of different little either Facebook or Instagram or um, social groups that promote pet loss support and, yeah, you can pop on there, you can put your photo on there, you can write a massive essay or just a couple of words like I'm really missing him today and it's genuine support and love that you're getting from these strangers that understand the the depth of what you're going through because yeah. they've gone through it as well yeah yeah and that's what it, what makes a difference right it's that like yeah. genuine sort of understanding because unfortunately not everyone does get it and mm. I mean that's just that's just life as well but how do you support your own emotional spiritual and energetic well-being whilst you are supporting your clients through such um, heavy emotional times yeah, um, I thought about this question. I had to really <laughs> delve into it. I feel like sometimes I do put a bit of a protective bubble over myself, but then I am a massive empath, so I do take a lot of the emotion on when I'm to- when I'm working one on one with people. Self care is massive, so I like to go to a belly dancing class once a week, and my mum's there, so we get to catch up, which is cool. I dabble in Pilates I'm not as flexible as um KDB when it comes to uh (laughs) yoga (laughs) but yeah doing something for your body that you enjoyed I hated going to the gym and like just running on the treadmill and stuff I just didn't like it didn't enjoy it and it was a chore to do it so I had to stop doing it because I wasn't going to get up in the morning and go at 6am in the morning screw that so doing something that you actually like doing I used to like walking just going out and I, I don't want to be a hypocrite and say, you know, yeah, going out into nature and walking barefoot on the beach and putting in your, your feet in the sand and, and on the grass is really cathartic. And, and I do like doing that. But I lost the joy when I lost my dog and I haven't been able to go on a proper walk 
because I don't have the purpose to. If it's with somebody, with a friend, we can go for a walk together. But I've also been lazy and I don't (laughs) don't go for walks as well as much as I used to. You're incredibly busy though, right? And I think that's one of the key components that keeps coming up for almost everyone that I speak to on the podcast is like in order to maintain our sanity when we're in our various different businesses, looking after our physical health, our mental health and our emotional health is like we have to do it but Mm. at the same time it becomes really hard because we become very time poor and Mm. I think that really is why doing the things that actually you fucking love is the key right so yes belly dancing like why the fuck not like (laughs) and 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 I especially like the you know for me physical movement is more than looking after my physical health it's getting Mm. me out of my head and into my body and that actual somatic practice is from my experiences very productive in helping to integrate and digest emotional turmoil (laughs) so Mm, you know I wonder if that sort of dancing is maybe it's helping you kind of move that energy through you and kind of leave it on the dance floor. <laughs> mm, yeah, yeah. And I think it's a good contrast because it's got nothing to do with animals or mm. work-related. I've got, you know, there's nothing pr- wrong with doing something with your pets and, uh, you know, pets bring us so much joy. Why wouldn't we want to hang out with our pets? Yeah, can't always walk a cat down the street though. Uh, <laughs> I wish. Three, yeah, I know. <laughs> I've got three cats. They so would not be into it. Yeah, but but doing something that that brings the joy out and you know a lot of people say with self-care as well as eating well and you know your asahi bowls and drinking lots of water and and all that great stuff one of my mentors Colin Perry has just done a little blog I think it's called grief and madness and um and she said that grieving people need salt fat water and heat Mm. um when they're going through a loss and sadly, she just lost her um, beautiful beagle, Harry, 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 not Harry. She's in the US. And so, yeah, she she suggests salt, either hot, salty baths, lots of fatty, well, not lots of fatty food, but, you know, you like your KFC or your deep fried chicken. You can add salt to your water. Definitely keeping up hydration is very important hot drinks like tea as well. So cup of tea fixes everything. When you're sad, cup of tea. When you're, you know, going through something, cup of tea. Although veterinary industry doesn't really get to finish a cup of tea, but we can start (laughs) one. It's usually in the microwave, gone through about three different cycles to try and warm it up. And heat, so, yeah, you've got your baths, you've got your cosy blankets, and a weighted blanket can sometimes be good, especially if you want. Oh, I've got a beautiful, a friend of mine bought me this, um, it's like a soft minky blanket and it's got Opie's picture on it and it just feels like his fur. It's so lovely. So when I got that, I'm like clutching onto it and just having that on the bed with me um, just close by when I needed something furry to grab because the cats weren't into it either. So, yeah. (laughs) So I thought that was interesting. Salt, fat, water and heat. Um, yes well I'm surprised I, I did not well yeah it does but I wasn't expecting that KFC would be on the, on <laughs> the order list for oh, looking well, after our well-being <laughs> okay well disclaimer she did say that her husband makes it from scratch at home so but yes I thought I'll write KFC to remind me <laughs> <laughs> oh there's no judgment. I'm not I'm not a fan of KFC myself but it's you know it's not gluten-friendly no so, um, 
yeah I stay away from it's too it's too oily for me totally yeah no I'm not I'm not down with KFC but I can understand I can understand all those things being super comforting and Mm. also very good to support you know like we do have to it's the small things right it's the small Mm. things that keep you almost like yeah able to get through each moment that's it yeah and it's not about getting to the next day it's going through those moments like you said Mm -hmm. so and listening to what what your body wants because it grief will fuck up your whole life like your whole routine it'll muck up your sleep you're either sleeping too much or not enough it might make you not hungry it will mess up your appetite yeah the, the you could be super cranky towards people because you're just so tired and exhausted and that's totally out of character for you so it does it totally messes with you so yeah that reading what your body wants and if it wants kfc then go for the kfc you don't have to have a salad every night because you know (laughs) you've got to look after nutrition your body yeah having a little sneaky snack is is okay by me Yes, yeah. it's it's Tracy approved <laughs> self-care. I love it. Yes, yeah. <laughs> so how long have you been in business? How long has Pet Eden been up and running for? I feel like we celebrated, we, me, uh, celebrated our eighth birthday, I want to say March. Holy shit, that's a yeah, long time. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. It's yeah. amazing. And, and I, I, I've said it numerous times that I hope it's not as uh no I know not everyone's going to need it and that's great I don't particularly want to be you know in a lot of demand I'm so happy that there are more of me out there now that we're becoming uh seen and available for people because you think how many dogs and cats and birds and horses are on this planet everyone will be affected differently so yeah, it might just be that you come across an Instagram post and that resonates with you and that I I get the warm fuzzies from that. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't necessarily have to have a conversation or it might just be a quick, you know, checking in how you're going. Or, you know, I do work one-on-ones with people um, either at their homes or in a park or um, where they feel comfortable. I've done family groups. I offer an empathy session with Passing Paws, which is one of the cremation um, companies. Try and do that every six weeks, but it's kind of been sent off a little bit further down the track. So that's coming up in June. Yeah, so it's one of those, I I hope people don't need the service, but I'm available if they do. Yeah. Mm. yeah. So you eight years is a really long time and you know a lot of a lot of small businesses don't survive the first two years yeah yeah and I'm I pinched myself that yeah I've made it this far so well I'm sure yeah. it's it's taken you obviously are passionate about it and I truly believe that without passion the hard times become almost unnavigatable because business uh has so many different challenges so many facets mm. and and that passion obviously keeps you showing up even in the hardest times what is the biggest challenge or the biggest lesson that you've learned through the eight years that you've been in business <laughs> I'm like do I mention do I say this out loud yes um, we want the truth get us with some truth bombs <laughs> this is the truth bomb I think it's a it's it's not just a me thing I think it's a veterinary industry thing I've always struggled with taking payments for euthanasias or you know services that we have done the service so we are entitled to charge for that that was been that has been my biggest hurdle is to charge my services that's really honesty yeah 
Yeah. Mm. Uh, yeah and I'm sure it's, I don't think that that is restricted to veterinary industry. I, a lot of the people in my world are various different types of spiritual healers, right? Mm. And, yeah. and I think there is this kind of expectation or uh, undervaluing of these really mm. important services. And yeah. Yeah. The reality is that without payment, money to me is like an energetic flow. It's like breath, it's in and out. And mm. without that breath, our businesses yeah. don't survive, right? And no, then, that's right. And then you're not <laughs> and, there. Yeah. And I can tell you that for the first two years, I wasn't charging anything for my services. Wow. I was oh doing it all pro bono or for free, my, just my time. I was still paying courses to go on. I was still um, getting myself educated. I wasn't asking for discounts on massages and all my self-care stuff. Um, I was happily paying for services that I was getting. And then I had to have a pep talk with myself and a couple of other people like, no, you have to start charging people. And as embarrassing as it is, yeah, I I don't think it's unreasonable, my my fees. But, yeah, it took me a long time to get over, you know, they've, they've just spent X amount at the vet for whatever treatment. Then they've had to go to the crematorium and spend X amount on all the aftercare. And then you want to pay me to talk about it. And, look, and, uh, yeah, I don't want to devalue what I do or what the other pet loss counsellors do. I do think it's a very important service. And, yeah, it's something that I had to kind of slap ahead, slap across my head and and... Yeah, no, I'm worth it and my study and everything that I've done to get me to this point, uh, I have to, but, yeah, to be perfectly honest, that was my answer. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's brilliant and yeah. so so relevant. Like I have no doubt that there will be people listening that completely understand that. And so two questions. First of all, if you had your time again, would you start charging right from the beginning? <laughs> If I knew what I know now, yes. <laughs> okay, well, perfect. So that's a yes. brilliant piece of advice for yes. for people. But I guess yeah. the second thing is what has it taken f- for you to be comfortable with the fact that your services need to be paid for? Like what was it that really – you said you had some pep talks. Was it yeah. just Was it just like people were like, come on, Tracy, you are spending your time, money and energy helping people you deserve to be remunerated or was there something else that kind of – Yeah, it you? was – yeah, it was a lot of my peers were saying that and, um, and the clients as well. They were like, I've taken up an hour of your time. Mm. Um, how do I pay you? Mm. And I've always been transparent that I've had my prices on my website and all that stuff, but – I had to just take a good hard look at myself and go, yes, yeah, you you pay for services. You should be being paid for your services too. Totally. And then what that means is that in the long run, you are available and you have long-term sustainable resources to put into developing your business. And who knows where it will take you. What is your vision for your business? Uh, oh, well, I've put some things on my vision board and they've already come true. Oh, amazing. Um, I love a good vision board. Tell me oh, about that. Yes, yes. So um, two of my highlights just this year have been I met a beautiful uh, vet tech last year at the uh, conference that I went to in the Gold Coast and serendipitous. She was she just finished the lecture and she came out of the lecture and I could see that she was upset. She was talking to somebody else and I hadn't met her before. 
So I kind of introduced myself and then she told me that her um, her cat was dying and that she was from New Zealand. She was visiting the Gold Coast and she just wanted to jump on the plane and go see him, you know, be with him. But she had these commitments with conference. So we got chatting and gave her some ideas on, you know, how she could get through the next couple of days. She managed to get home and she was with him and I think he lasted a couple more days after that, but she was able to get home and be with him. I caught up with her this year at conference, which which was in Perth, and she literally came running to me like one of those slow-moving, you know, the movies, gave me this biggest hug and she was just like, I'm so glad to see you. You have no idea how much you helped me going through that was just devastating and um, you made it all that much better by talking to you and just you know sharing photos of him and yeah so she's she's a rock star in my world like she's this international speaker and for me to hang out with her uh, was and and get that you know thank you from her was just like oh my god pinch myself moment the the second thing that was on my vision board which came true this year was uh, I was published in a, a journal about pet loss and it happened to feature at the conference that I was at. So we had about 300 copies on the on the stand at the VNCA and uh, that's the Veterinary Nurses Council of Australia. And my work is out there to all these people. So I really hope that that helps other nurses out there when they're going through what we have to go through for planning euthanasias and things like that. And, yeah, that was on my vision board to be published in a journal. So, yay, vision board. Yes, amazing. Well, that brings me to a question. I was thinking because for me vision boards are about manifestation, right? But I have a very easy breezy relationship with manifestation. Um, I've come to that relationship through (laughs) years of experience trying to force the process and now learn how I'm designed to manifest with ease. So I'm pretty Mm. like chill about my manifestation process, but I was wondering what yours looks like. Do you have your eyes on the prize based on sort of a long-term vision and then kind of just keep taking the aligned action or do you have actionable steps that are like got bridge sort of goals that get you to the overall vision what does it look like for you yeah I I've I've got things written down and then I've got like the the pictures and things to go with it I've got like one over yeah like two going um that are aligning I do feel like once it's written down sometimes I forget about them but some I do take it inspired action towards I'm always pumped when something does come to fruition Mm. Um, and then I look back oh yeah there it is it's on there so yeah so that's pretty cool. I think that's the coolest thing I've noticed about my manifestation process is that we have a digital vision board it's our screensaver and Mm -hmm. you know it's always been sort of long-term really big key stuff because we're pretty good like we're very grounded and just love life the day-to-day what could be mundane to other people, I've got a deep appreciation for it 
clay, maybe not so much sometimes. But anyway, my point is like our vision board is really long term stuff to the point yeah. where, you know, some of it we put on there like three years ago and you look at it and you walk yeah. past and you're like, fuck, that is actually legit happened. And because, you know, at the time, there's a little part of you that's like, oh, fucking pie in the sky, you know, that'd mm. be great. But if it, you know, if it doesn't yeah. happen, no worries. But then when you let go of it and you completely forget about it, yes. that's a really yeah. interesting process because I think that proves that it must be in alignment with your core values because mm. especially if you're taking daily action that is in alignment with your core values. What do you reckon? <laughs> yeah, no, I love that. Yeah, I yeah, like I say, when, when something, when I go back to it, because I, I don't look at it every day, but it's kind of there to, to see. Yeah, and when I saw about the publishment, I was like, wow, it's actually, this is cool. Like, yeah, oh, okay, got to put some more stuff on there, like some big, big goals because I guess I've, I've done it like for 12 months mm-hmm. um, and then re- review it. But, yeah, there's definitely things on my other one which could be, you know, long-term goals. Yeah, yeah. awesome. So, Tracy, what would your biggest pearl of wisdom be for people that, identify I guess as healers or that are in professions that require a lot of empathy and emotional resilience because both your professions are like full speed on that like probably Mm. more than more than the average that's for sure yeah yeah one thing that we don't do enough of is like debriefing at um at my job uh, at the clinic when we've had um like an emergency situation come in I did get to do my CPR on a little dog the other day and we managed to get him back. So that was a oh, highlight. Oh, um, God, but amazing. unfortunately, his his injuries, um, he did pass away probably about 10 minutes afterwards. But mm. I was like, whoop, whoop, like we got him. Like, yeah, amazing. Yeah. Good, good oh. work, team. Um, oh, that was a roller coaster just in the 60 seconds oh, of telling that story. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was like, oh, he, he was alive and then he died and then he was, yeah, came back and then, yeah. So, yeah, de- debriefing, not necessarily patting each other on the back all the time, but we do need to do that because, yeah, we we get abused quite a lot from, um, you know, you guys are just in it for the money and I'm like, oh, mate, <laughs> I would be living at Netherlands if that was true. Yeah, no, no, that and, you know, other vet professionals that you yeah that work their butt off and they we're we're still one of the lowest paid professions out there um the real problem hey yeah that's a whole nother story it is a whole nother nother podcast yeah (laughs) but no like checking in with your workmates um because it is such a an emotional job yeah you can go from uh, euthanasia and then straight into a, um, a consult with a litter of puppies for vaccination and then go into an old cat, you know, that's um, got renal disease. So it can be a real mixed bag. And, yeah, checking in with your workmates is um, is really key, but you need to also fill your own cup. So that's where self-care comes back into it, that you've got to look after yourself, like they say, like pilots would know this. <laughs> Put your oxygen mask on first before you help others. But it's so true because you can't help somebody when you're depleted and, um, yeah, that's why you've got to look after yourself. I have been better at taking some time off from my day job and amazing. Um, if I have, yeah, I've had so much holiday leave this year, it's insane. Good. And going to retreats and things mm. like that would be amazing to keep doing. 
yeah, but no, it's it's looking after yourself and filling up your cup and and filling up your energy bucket and then you're able to give out to other people. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love it. And I think probably what I've realized is that one of the keys to actually being able to do that is to be connected to yourself enough to be in tune with yourself enough to know what that actually fucking looks like because like self-care for one person is not the same as the next right yeah that's right I think sometimes honestly I think sometimes the reason busy people don't look after themselves is because like I don't have time to go for an hour-long massage well Mm. no shit like many (laughs) of us don't just you know what I've just done recently is bought a foot bath and Mm -hmm. while I'm working I have my feet in magnesium foot bath oh Uh, cool so I literally do not have to make time for that I'm just treating myself looking after Mm -hmm. myself my body's getting key like minerals that it needs it's helping me chill the fuck out and my feet feel divine so Mm. you know like just getting to know what your body needs and trying to figure out oh how can I look after myself best today what is what is available to give Mm. me a little pep in my step because I know I'm going to have to be there for a lot of other people you know yeah yeah and I'm all for one for rainbows as you would know you yes. know getting getting my hair dyed is like massive self-care to me like I love walking out of the hair salon and I don't know what they're going to do like they've got free reign to what colors they want to use and um so I come out looking like a rainbow with you know purple and pink hair and I love that and mm. they can have their you know expression free expression mm-hmm. and and play around with it yeah, that, that's so much fun. And that brings me joy because then I'm that psycho lady that, you know, talks pet loss. Oh, we recognize her. She's the one with the rainbow hair. Um, <laughs> I would, I would, uh, psycho is not the right word. I think absolutely no, true. incredible yeah. is the cut, right word. Cut that bit out. <laughs> Edit that part. But, um, you know, when we first met, I'm pretty eccentric. sure. You, yeah, eccentric. Eccentric lady. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. When we first met, I'm pretty sure you were wearing a rainbow jumper and oh, Peter was freshly dyed rainbow. <laughs> and I was like, who is this legend? I need to get to know her better. <laughs> so good. but I, You can spot me in a crowd. <laughs> yeah, totally. But it's interesting because I did an interview with a group fitness instructor yesterday and her form of self-care is going to donate blood. And oh, that's I won't, awesome. Yeah, I won't go into the ins and outs of that. You'll have to listen in the podcast. Yes. But I found that so super interesting as well I was like you mm. know we gotta it's, like release it's amazing con- yeah that 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 sense of giving back to the community I've given blood a couple of times and I'm an AB positive um but unfortunately I had to stop because my blood pressure dropped too much and then I'd like pass out so I wasn't allowed to give blood anymore but I think that's a fantastic way of giving back yeah, well, I mean, yeah. for her, she. This is pretty funny. She. So for her, it was like, yeah, she loves giving back, but also it's the only time that she gets free from the kids, where she can just <laughs> lie down and do nothing. And I was like, yes, preach! Like, <laughs> you got to find what works for you. Totally. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's it. You can read a book for an hour while you're there. Absolutely. Mm, yeah. Well, Tracy, thanks so much for sharing your story. I am just. Well, I don't know. I've got a lot of appreciation for what you do I've got a deep appreciation for it I think it takes a special kind of human to be able to 
give to their community in the way that you do. So I, and I also really just appreciate you taking the time to come and have a yarn and share your business stories with us. It's amazing. No, this is fun. Thank you so much, Katie, for inviting me on your podcast. And yeah, I hope that um, the listeners have enjoyed it. And um, it's not just an animal to anybody. It's a, they're, they're a real absolute hundred percent big part of your life. And um, yeah, I've, I just want to punch people in the face when they say that. (laughs) Yeah, you have my permission to do so. Yes, correct. Yeah. No, thank you very much for giving me a platform to talk about pet loss and, um, yeah, and that they're not just an animal. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks so much for joining us, Tracy. Thank you so much for joining Tracy and I today. Tracy has the most incredible Instagram page where she shares beautiful insights tips and tricks about how to cope when moving through the grief or loss from losing your little fur baby or how to support friends and loved ones that are going through that. You can find out more about her services as well through her Instagram page, which is at pet underscore Eden underscore AU. I'll link her Instagram page in the show notes. Don't forget, as always, if you want to download your human design chart, book a tarot or human design reading, or just find out more about my coaching services, you can check that out on my Instagram page at levelupwithkdb or my website, levelupwithkdb.com. Those will be linked in the show notes as well. Thanks again for listening to today's episode. If you liked it, why not like, share, or maybe even leave a review? It really helps more people find the podcast, and that just makes me so happy. Until next week, take care, stay safe, and keep milking the shit out of life. I'll catch you in the next episode.